You know the phrase, third time's a charm? Well, unfortunately, whoever put that in the everyday vernacular was not referring to scary movies. The third installment to a horror franchise is make or break. It's very rare to find a fan who was on their fence about their feelings when it comes to the third movie. They either love it or they hate it. There is no middle ground. Honestly, I think there's a handful of reasons that contribute to this. I usually tend to see a universal forgiveness or a lack of criticism when it comes to the second film in a franchise, which is fair if we're being honest. Usually direct sequels come out within a year or two of its predecessor, most of which are rushed films with loose premises that were only made just to capitalize on the same success as the original. A perfect example of this is A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, released in 1985 just one year after the original. While I enjoy the movie, the story is all over the place. If the third installment would have matched the same energy as the second, I'm not so sure Freddy Krueger would have been a household name. While Third Time is a Charm might not have worked for every horror franchise, it sure as shit did for Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, or better known as Dream Warriors, was a universal success, scoring over 44 million at the box office. With remarkable practical effects and an all-star cast, this was the first Elm Street film that felt like a blockbuster movie. It was serious. I also thought it was the perfect Freddy. I believe Robert England portrayed Kruger at his best level in Dream Warriors. 75% fear and 25% humor. That's why I and many others recognize this movie to be the summit of the franchise, with everything else after this being downhill. Folks, this is a big episode. I believe most of you know Freddy is my favorite icon, so I'm going to do my best not to gush and get straight to the facts about this film and teach you the impact. So lock them doors, clutch your crucifix. Stay up late with us. Here is our take on A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey, and back again for another week clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole wide world, and my good friend, Mr. Ozark Mark. Ozark, what say you over there? How you feeling? Hello. How are you? You know what's really confusing when people do that? When people do the hello, hello. I want to I finish in two different ways because there's two different songs. There's either Lionel Richie's Hello, is it me you're looking for? Or it's the ELO. Hello, how are you? Have you been all right? Like, so your brain, like, I need people to finish it when they say it the first time because I'm like, what were you thinking? I need to know. And I'm glad you did. Well, it's all, it's always good to finish. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Sloppy Horror yeah. Podcast, the best, the most fantastic podcast about horror movie show you ever going to hear. Most entertaining and educational. Right. That's what I said. Anyway, we're back up in this bitch, and we're right up your ass with another great sequel here in the season of sequels. I hope you're having fun, I hope you're watching good movies, and I hope you watch this movie and enjoy it, because this is a real fun one. This is a real fun one. I, I enjoy this movie a lot, and we all know Christian Ramey. This is probably one another one of his favorite movies because his favorite movie of all time is 19, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, as you've heard him say over a million times. But today we are talking about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors, 1987. Warriors! 
Into the fire! Like, yes, I cannot wait to get into those jams, first off. But folks, folks, we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. And full transparency here, I felt... Well, obviously, anybody's original work that they do, they're going to be critical of because you, you grow, you get better. And when Ozark and I first started this show, we said, well, hey, we want people to be able to listen to our opinions on, on the big horror movies. I mean, sure, we could talk about Anaconda or something random, Lake Placid. Uh, I don't know why I went with those two. But we wanted to make sure we can get our opinions out there on the movies that we love. But looking back, now that we've thus far, you know, we're all the way into our seasons, Mark and I look back and we say, hey, man, we know those aren't our best episodes. I mean, we're thankful that you guys enjoy those, but... Yeah, we... I mean, but that was uh, way back when we first started. This back when we didn't have the program that we have now. We had two separate computers with two separate mics, and, you know, we weren't synced up. It, it, it was uh, not. It was uh, the first run, It was you the could first say, run. to peel the curtain back a little bit. So uh, if you've listened to our first couple episodes and you hear the difference now, uh, you're welcome. By the way, we've upgraded. And so before we jump right into A Nightmare on Elm Street, with all your guys' hard work, with our studio upgrades and everything that we've done, like we say, we're very proud to be a show that doesn't water ourselves down with a shitload of advertisements and manscaping products and energy drinks just because we think that shit's corny. We really do. And we're not going to do that. But we do finally have some nice bonus content out for you fine folks on our Patreon page. So if that sounds like something you guys want to do, if you're looking for a way to support the show, that's right there, patreon.com slash sloppyhorror. But now that we got that out the way, bro, I don't, I don't even know how to, how to chop into this because it, we are back talking about Freddy Krueger, my favorite slasher icon. I, I don't mean to sound corny, or whatever, but seriously, I mean, growing up a horror nerd, I mean, to, when I was a kid, this shit wasn't cool. I could talk to, you know, I could talk to girls now, like, about my shit, and they're like, wow, he's just, he's smart. He just, he's so educational. He knows his, back when you're 12, didn't work that way. Yeah, did you know the Friday Kruger Five Club? They didn't care. They didn't care about that. They would have laughed in my face. All right. They would have laughed in my face. Well, nowadays, the nerds are the ones that get the Brit women. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how that worked. I, I don't do know how, not know how it. I don't worked. know how it works either. But it sucks. Yeah. Well, look. Well, I'm not a nerd, so I mean, it sucks for you. It don't suck for me, but it sucks for you. I don't know how this worked, Mark, but it worked. And what happened is when I was a younger man, a timid younger man, I looked to people. I looked to icons, as most most people do. Or I could say Americans do. You know, you look up to your John Wayne, your Clint Eastwood, whoever the fuck your guy is. You know, when you're put in that oh shit situation, who is in the back of your head that's like, all right, all right, Clint Eastwood, dog, you got this. You can make it through. Freddy Krueger is always my inspiration. He's always my guy. No matter what you say to him, doesn't matter. He's always got to come back. He will laugh in your face. He's going to find whatever you're most insecure about, find it, and throw it in your face and laugh at you about it before killing you. Like, there's just this level of, like, confidence that he oozes, and I love that he's he's just always been a mouthpiece. And there's something about that man that, like, he, that's what makes him my favorite. I, 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 that's the last person you want on your ass is Freddy Krueger, man. Like, if he was really in your dreams, if this was, like, hypothetically a real situation, you're you're done for, dude. Like, you're done. You're like, no, man, like, just, can you just kill me? Like, can we not go into my emotional scars before you do it? Can you just, 
you know, let's let's just run around, man. Let's just do some crazy shit. <laughs> Don't do this. But it's the ultimate, like we said in the first time we talked about Fred Krueger, it's the ultimate mindfuck because it's a, it's a fictional character, but it plays on something that everybody has to do. Everybody has to sleep. Everybody dreams. You can't fight it. A motherfucker kills you in your dreams. Like you can't escape sleep. I don't care At how much. I don't care how much. <laughs> I don't care how much cocaine you take. I don't care how many sleeping anti-sleeping pills you take. You are going to fall asleep. Night, night. Yeah. And then guess what? You got to deal with this guy. Isn't that the worst too? Like one of the hardest things to do is trying to fight being tired. Oh, dude, it's 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 <laughs> you can't. It's one of the th- you cannot defeat it. <laughs> when, when you have like insomnia, it's usually just because you're just like whatever. Like I'm just not tired. I'm staying up. But if you were literally like I have to stay awake and I'm so tired, you're gonna be asleep in 20 minutes. Oh yeah. Like a, a, a like you're on the couch on a Sunday and you just notice yourself. You're like, there's no escaping that. You're not fighting. Like <laughs> no, as soon as as soon as the eyelids touch for the first time, you're done. It's over with. Your eyes roll in the back of your head, gone. Why do people get so mad when you ask them if they're sleeping? You're sleeping? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no they not. do though. I'm not. <laughs> Don't ask again. <laughs> They'll be like moving their feet and shit, trying to pretend like they're not asleep. Like, that's just so. That's just the dumbest question. Are you sleeping? <laughs> Who said yes? Who has ever said yes to that question? <laughs> Nobody has. Nobody oh, has. It is. It it makes people so angry. I don't know why that's so funny. But next time somebody's falling asleep, hey man, you sleeping? You gotta say it like real abrupt. I guarantee nobody's gonna be happy that you asked. I'm that. not. <laughs> Christian Ramey, it's time for the world famous Christian Ramey synopsis. Tell us what's going on in this movie, please. Well, if you're unfamiliar with Dream Warriors, okay, part three. This installment it takes place in a mental hospital, the same one that we noticed later in Freddy vs. Jason, Weston Hills, and a few of the other Freddies. Well, Ooh, real quick. Before you get into the synopsis, I saw something yesterday, which I'm pretty sure that you ever feel like you're in the Truman Show. Oh yeah, I swear to that God, movie fucked my life. Up, I swear man. to God, I feel like I'm in the Truman Show because after I watched Freddy the, the Nightmare on Elm Street three, okay, I'm I'm looking through Facebook while I'm you know doing my business in the Oval Office, right? As you, normally people do, mm-hmm. it's way better than reading the back of shampoo bottles like we had to when we were a kid. Yeah, but. Remember it was like John books? There was uh there was this stand up comedian and he was talking about Freddy Krueger. I'm like, what the fuck? Like so he goes he noticed he went to see Freddy vs. Jason, okay? And there's a part where Freddy Krueger is the part where uh he has the white girl and the black girl and he has to pick which one to kill. He's like he looks at the black girl and he goes, Mmm, dark, dark meat. meat. Yeah. Yeah. He's like everybody in the theater goes, Oh and he's like he's like they're awing at Freddy Krueger. So being a child murderer is okay. Yeah, like we <laughs> but, look past this. Yeah, like we all look past the fact that he kills children. But, right. You know, he can't call a black person dark meat. That's way over the line. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, but, like if Candyman came at me and says, I want some white meat, you'd be like, all right, yeah, I fit that profile. That's me. I get it. All right, fuck. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get it. But it was funny. That just popped in my head before I forgot it. But continue with funny. the synopsis. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. I'm glad you got your point out. Thank I like you. that because you'll lose it if you don't. Yeah, I do. Um, so the, we got a group of kids, supposedly the last of the Elm Street children, and there's a group of kids that are inside of the hospital. And if you were familiar when we gave – uh, we broke down on the Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. We said that Wes Craven was inspired 
by a story called Asian Death Syndrome where these kids were in a hospital and they were saying, like, we can't go to sleep. They were like these refugees and same situation. They died in their sleep. I feel like this movie really hits the nail on the head more for that story than even the original. So, like, obviously, 84 is my favorite, but this one tackled that story. So you got a group of kids, supposedly the last of the Elm Street children, and there's another girl... Kristen, who gets brought there, she's pretty much really rich. Her mom doesn't know how to raise her. She, They find her slit in her wrist, but she really didn't. It was Freddie. You know how he does. Freddie will make it look like you did the injuries to yourself. He'll, he's good at that. So she puts her in the mental hospital with the rest of these kids, and then she's starting to find out that all these kids are dreaming about Freddie, and they're all scared about him. And these doctors, they're, they're not rational you know, rational about Freddie. I mean, they are rational they're not, you know, in real life, so they're not thinking Freddie. They think the kids are all crazy, and they just need sleep. Well, then in comes back our favorite final girl, Nancy, from the first one. And now she's a doctor. She's an adult. She comes in with shoulder pads on her jacket. That means she's professional. <laughs> She looks like she's business, and she's been getting business, okay? She's super hot in this movie. All right, anyways, moving forward. She comes to the movie, and she helps these kids out. She knows what's up with Freddy, obviously, so the kids kind of cling on to her, and she tries to help them fight Freddy and their endeavors, and um, I feel like that's a pretty good synopsis there for you. I mean, that's really all you need. That pretty much sums it up there. Freddy's attacking a bunch of kids. And the mental hospital. And then the girlfriend, the first one, comes back to help him out. Hey. Nancy! <laughs> hey. Hey. There you go. There's your movie. Freddy Krueger. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. These the Freddy Krueger movies are some of the ones I appreciate the most just by watching them because this is back in the 80s, right? Yep. Okay. Special effects, dog. Okay. Over point. The top. The amount of effort that you don't realize just by watching these scenes that they had to put into these special effects, holy shit. Just think about it. For example, when she first goes into, when she's in the dream, she goes in the house, when Freddy turns into like a slug thing. But first, they make the carpet move up with all kinds of stuff, and then they blast holes from out. That's all real stuff, blasting these holes. You had to make this scene, make a device that pushes out the walls, make it destroy and I may or may not have spent three hours today watching the behind-the-scenes footage. Okay. And a lot of that. It, it's Dude, intense. It's, it's on YouTube I'm talking if you guys like want probably, to see it. It's probably like a week worth of work or something. Like, imagine just being there, and then the scene comes in. If she messes up when those special effects are going on, you got to rebuild them all again. Yep. And you know what's wild is they're from 87, and when I was watching them, obviously it was on somebody's home camera. The quality is not best, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes all of these different scenes and all the special effects, it looked like f- f- alien technology to me. And this is 1987. I had no idea what these machines were. I mean, they're, they're not recognizable of what they are, but there's a bunch of dudes that look, you know, stone, they're like working all the stuff, and they're, they're just doing their thing. And there's so many practical effects in this movie. So, like, you're almost, like, bound to have one that looks corny or you don't like. But to be honest, that's pretty seamless. I mean, there are parts where you recognize. I think the part that's the worst is when they first start dreaming and they have that little, you know, those little things doctors have where you, like, knock one ball into the other ball and then they all go. Yeah. Those start to separate. Mm-hmm. And that looks probably the fakest. But honestly, man, there's, like, an intense boiler room scene with fire, crazy dreams, like... Yeah, nuts. I'm telling you, and these are, and these why this is why these movies last compared to the newer ones. 
because all of them are practical effects. So they may look corny to you, but it's like that's as real as you're going to get. Like that's realer look- looking than CGI because it is. It, it's an actual the, something. Yes, the 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 in the sink when they're, they're coming up, the handles are coming up. That's real. There's somebody pushing that up or something from inside. Like, how much more real can you get? That bike melting? You know what's <laughs> They really weird? are crumbling that bike. Oh, I love that. Yeah, dude, it's so fucking cool. You know, so fucking cool. For some reason, and we've, I don't know, maybe we've talked about this movie before personally, but for some reason, and I don't know, I'm taking a stab, but every time I watch the marionette scene, like the marionette scene where he, like, he carves Philip into a puppet and he like... I think of you because I think you like would appreciate that the most. Like I don't know why, but like that's like an Ozark kill right there. That would be a that was a gruesome, gnarly kill, man. Like you saw all of his veins hanging out and his feet. Even I don't care who you are. As soon as his veins pop out and he's walking like a puppet, that'll make anybody hurt a little bit. Oh my foot shot! That looks amazing. Yeah, dude, it's so cool looking. Like it's it's pain. It's you know something's good when it makes you go ah, oh. yeah. And you know it's not real, but it still makes you go ah. Oh. That's when but, you always got to give the little you know uh, but nothing, golf clap to the makeup people. You're like, yeah, you got I mean, me. Yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> that's definitely my favorite krill. You've literally came in here. You turned into a puppet, <laughs> and then you made this walk this motherfucker like a puppet <laughs> through his veins, and you just set him up on a building and just watch him fall like that's super dope but yeah that's super a... dope that's why again he's my favorite too honestly because he ki- his kills are the best i and i love his confidence about him not that i don't like michael or jason but they're more like great white sharks or something man they're just like kind of black eyes like their eyes are black you, you know they don't they're just not even with you they're just separate creatures which is scary because you don't want to be caught near a great white shark but like freddie knows what he's doing and he's, like, chill about it. He's just, like, I hate you. And, like, my whole life is to, like, just mess with you. And here's another thing that I want to say about A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors. Here's another thing I would like to say. Because I think Freddy looked the scariest makeup-wise in Part 2. This was the perfect blend of Freddy. Because... Part two kind of went out of the rules. They brought Freddy out of the dream world for a minute. It was different. Like, there was things that were moved around. It was funnier, you know. Jesse was in that one. It was funnier. It's a fan favorite. It's a cult movie. But part three, as I nodded to in the intro, um, part three is the make or break for franchises. Either Nobody's got, like, medium opinions on the part three of a trilogy or, or of a franchise. It's either it's horrible or it's great. And with Dream Warriors, it's always it's unanimously loved. I mean, this is some people's favorite, but I think it's it's crazy that <laughs> for me at least, looking back all these years later, they had a choice to like they could either go in one direction and stay corny, or they could like because I love Part Two, but I'm not trying to be mean. Or they could put it together a whole ensemble of people and really make a blockbuster movie. Like, and that's what this is. Like, I just think that's kind of wild, man. They made a blockbuster versus just your your run-of-the-mill slasher again. And I think this is the perfect blend of Freddy. He's, he was scary in part two. In part one, you don't see him a whole lot. You know, kind of the mystery thing. But in this one, he had one-liners, but, like, they were scary. Like, you know, towards the end of the franchise, you were, like, laughing with Freddy 
Whereas this one, the first time, if you saw this as a kid, when he's saying, welcome to prime time, bitch, like, the, you were, like, scared, man. You were like, dude, this guy is savage. This guy's not playing, dog. And I thought Elm Street Part 3 is the perfect blend of Freddy. It's the, the best Freddy Krueger, in my opinion. You can't, I think, you can't hate it, man. It's a, it's a great film. It keeps it keeps you entertained through the whole thing, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I love I love this movie. It's great. It is, man. It's it's still a lot of fun all these years later. And you know, you got Kristen, and she. I mean, that's David Arquette's little sister. I mean, she's been in a bunch of stuff now, but this was her first work. This was her first work, and regardless of how people feel about her in the movie or not, that girl has one of the best screams for horror movies at all time. If you just go back and you're only looking for her scream, if you're like just judging other people's screams from horror movies, wow, girl's got the lungs. Like, I'm not kidding, man. She has one of the best screams. It's just piercing, but it's true. It's sincere. Because that's one thing I thought she brought very well was like a sense of vulnerability. And another thing with Elm Street Part 3 is... It's one of the Elm Streets where the dreams are realistic, or at least for me, how bad dreams feel. Sometimes they kind of went in a different direction, and you're like, okay, this is a nightmare, but my nightmare wouldn't include that. Or I, I, I can't envision my nightmare being like that. But when Kristen first goes into one, and she goes into the house, she sees the pig head, she grabs that little girl and starts running, and her feet get stuck, and Freddy... Call, you know, he comes around that corner with his glove up. That's intense. That's awesome. But that felt like a dream. You know, you can't run as fast Every, as you do. Everybody's had that dream where you can't run as fast as you can. Yeah, man. Or you try and run and you're like, why am I going nowhere? What is happening? I thought, yeah, this movie was a perfect blend because all of the Elm Streets have this beautiful ability of like, you don't know exactly when the dream started. You're like, are they dreaming yet? Are they? And then you'll have that one moment where you're like, yep. You're there. You're sleeping. <laughs> yep. And I, I just personally thought the nightmares in this were great. They really, in my opinion, they're the closest thing to what like my nightmares would be. Yeah. Well said. What? Uh, let me ask you this: Who is your favorite character of this movie, and why? Excluding Freddy. Freddy don't count. Uh, Max Lawrence Fishburne's character. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I love Max. I was gonna say him too. I love Max. He's so cool. Dude, I love the first thing he comes on camera. Hey man, he's like, I think I got a new theory of what's causing all these suicides. Fucked up chromosomes. Oh, <laughs> 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 their parents dropping acid in the sixties. <laughs> what? What was that movie where dude was like Big Mac? Overdone. <laughs> what was that? That was uh, the burning. The burning. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's what that. And Max kind of has those vibes too. I like, know, but it's uh, watching it nowadays <laughs> because all you do is thinking about the Matrix. I'm just waiting for him to come in. Like, do you want to stay awake forever with the blue pill or fall asleep with the red pill? Or yeah. Or he just comes shit. out as Cowboy Curtis with Pee Wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Pee Wee was legit. I did like Pee Wee growing up. Dude, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was awesome. Large Marge (laughs) fucking freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, he was funny, man. Super funny. But I love Max's character. Um, 
I've met the dude who played Philip. I, I forget his name, and that's really upset me because he was also in Stand By Me. You remember he was dude's brother. Um, he's been in a bunch of different movies, but I really like his work a lot. But I also met the dude who played Will, the kid in a wheelchair, uh, Ira Hayden. I met him at a convention. That guy's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. He sat there and talked to me for a half hour. He didn't have to. No. I mean, his line wasn't crazy busy, which is surprising, too, because he's Dream Warriors. Yeah. This was like early convention days, so conventions have definitely picked up in traction. And now, some people, it's like, bro, you got six hours to wait? Some conventions are cool. They'll let you, like, um, schedule. You can, like, put down, like, 3 o'clock, be back here. But then you'll be there with 50 other people, and you still got to wait. You're like, all right, whatever. At least it's more broken down. But I'm telling you, go to big cities. If you guys ever want to go to conventions and meet somebody... Like, if you go to, like, Chicago, New York, L.A., a lot of those times you think they'd be crazy, but you'd be surprised. Because there's so much shit to do in those big cities where people usually, whereas, like, if something comes to Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or Indianapolis, everybody's going. Oh, yeah. You're like, the Walking Dead people are here. We're all going. Wow, man. You're going to wait hours. Yeah. (laughs) Like, hours. Hours. (laughs) I feel like if you were in this movie, crew, Christian Ramey, I feel like when they all discovered their dream powers... I feel like you would just turn into Freddy Krueger, too. I w- that would be sick. That would be. It'd be like a Mortal Kombat mirror match or something. That would be so <laughs> sick. A Freddy versus a Freddy. Because I feel like you would just get a glove on. You're like, I'm Freddy Krueger. And then you would just go about your business. I feel like that's what your dream power would be. Yeah, he's just cool with me. Like, we strike up deals. Like, it, like they cut scenes like, oh, my God, where did Christian go? Like, Joey. And it just, like, cuts to me and him down there. Like, it's like <laughs> little Nicky down there. Like, hey, bye. <laughs> Joey's I admire Joey. Because all these kids, one kid's, Christian's doing a fucking backflip. Like, that's your power. This little, uh, Will's got the fucking wizardry or whatever. They're all doing some corny-ass fucking dreams. And Joe, Joey's over there trying to get some ass. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So let's talk about that. All right. Let's talk about that. So okay. when Freddie separates Joey, he gets this nurse, and she, like, starts making out with Joey in the separate room, and then she just turns into, like, a feral woman, which is kind of hot. I'm not, like, I, I think I liked her more when she turned feral a little bit, you know, because sometimes that happens, you know, when your girl's mad at you, you're like, what have I done? Yes, use my body. Don't yell at me. Just use my body. This is better. <laughs> this is better. I can, this is better. Yeah. I like this more than talking. Use your tongue, <laughs> Use your tongue, not your words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I can deal with the physical assault more than the, the argument. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but... <clears throat> What's really funny and crazy about it is she starts making out and then she gets all crazy and she shoots these tongues out and ties them up to the bed. And even at that point, I'm still like, all right, Freddie, what's going on, man? Hey, are we, is this, can, all right, you can kill me, but can we play the rest of this scenario out? Can we play the rest of this scenario out? <laughs> I, I'm not, I wonder what feeling that would be like to be frightened and also have a boner at the same time. Yeah. I don't think that anybody's ever experienced that. I don't know, so you got some crazy feral woman, you know? You got the you know crazy Tinder date gone wrong. You're it's like, like, are you going to kill me or are we banging? Because I'm not going to lie, I'm a little turned on. Dude, <laughs> it's like sneezing and trying to pee at the same time oh that hurts oh i know or fart or sneezing and farting at the same time yeah feel like your soul left your body when that happens yeah but that would be so weird to be (laughs) terrified and have a boner at the same time i thought that'd be such a weird experience yeah dude it just it, it, it would be strange right 
He got him, dog. But yeah, but poor man, he was just trying to get some ass. It's like, yeah, that's a good dream, dude. He's over here finding a good dream. You got him, Freddie. You he little did. dick. He did get him, but it's what it is. He's just hanging there for the, like the rest of the movie, and that sucks too. <laughs> that's like, a terrifying dream forever. too. I've heard people say they've had nightmares like that where their bed drops and it just won't quit dropping. You're like, you. Well, I mean, I've had falling dreams before, and you wake up, you're like, <laughs> you know, when you hit the ground and you shake everywhere and you kick the animals off the bed. You know how it goes. Yeah, and you know what's even crazier? Like that we have to discuss just a little bit here. So we have we have Jennifer, all right? Jennifer is a character who kind of wants to be a movie star, and she always wants to watch movies, and she's burnt herself with cigarettes to keep herself from falling asleep. There's a scene, like, before she dies, she's up late at night. Max finds her in the TV room. He's like, yo, what are you doing here? You got to go to your room. She's like, I can't go to bed, Max. Just... Please, let me stay in here and watch TV. He's like, all right, I didn't see you. You know what I mean? And that that makes him kind of cool. He's like, all right, I didn't see you. Well, Jennifer falls asleep, and in her dream, the TV starts messing up. It's actually the Dick Cavett show. He's talking to Zsa Zsa Gabor. And, you know, I love them old talk show guys. I really do. And it made it funny because, you know, he turned into Freddy, and he cussed. So it was like, it was cool. Nobody gives a fuck what you think. (laughs) Can I I ask you something? Who gives a fuck what you think? And he slices her up. But she goes over to the TV to try to fix it, and he pops out and does the big, you know, this is it, Jennifer, your big break in TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch. And he picks her up and sticks her head into the TV. Now, this TV is mounted a good eight, nine feet up on the wall. Mark, you remember old TVs? You remember TVs we used to have in our room? How fucking heavy a 19-inch TV was, a bubble TV? Yes. Yeah, I mean, honestly... You might be able to bounce a baseball off one. You might be able to throw a baseball and it would bounce off of one of those bubble TVs. Probably. And not break the glass. Yeah, could be. Those things were thick as shit. And not to mention, you know, Max eventually finds her and her head's hanging in the TV, but her feet are a good two feet off of the ground. The reason I'm saying this is they ruled it a suicide. I'm like... Instead of being wanting to be an actress, she should have wanted to be a gymnast. How in the fuck did you get eight feet? Launch your head. Just picture that scenario of someone full running and launching your face into a glass TV. Like eight. I'm just impressed on how yeah. you would rule that it, a suicide. It, it would have been bad. All they had, the, the easy way to fix that problem is they would have put the TV on the ground on like a stand. Like, waist level or whatever. I don't know why they had to have it mounted up there and nobody asked questions, like, about that. Yeah. It, it's the... Fu- so. I mean, look at the scene behind you. Look at her. Look I how... I, I mean, that's suicide. Like, that's how high up she is and her head's just hanging out of it. Like, if you can make that... I'm impressed, actually. Right. You went out like a G. Yeah, that was the most unpractical killer it was. It doesn't... That's... But that's horror movies. Horror movies aren't supposed to make sense, man. For sure. Absolutely not. But, yeah, there's definitely some questions with that, you know. But that's, like, very questionable. I agree with you I like Will's death, too, because, you know, he... He's in a wheelchair the whole time. You can't make fun of people in a wheelchair, man. That's dick. That's super mean. Freddie don't care about that. Freddie don't care about that because Will can walk in his dream. So my guy's walking, strutting around, and then all of a sudden Freddie comes up. He rolls up a wheelchair to him, and he's like, you should take a seat. You look tired. <laughs> and he's like, no thanks. I'm good in my dreams. He says, yep, but right back in the morning, it's right back in the saddle. Like, okay, dog. <laughs> like, And then he kills him. I love how he says, sorry, kid. I don't believe in fairy tales and whatever it is. <laughs> 
You know what I told Ira Hayden, though, when I saw him in person? I said, hey, dog, like, out of all the people that Freddy's killed, you're one of the select few that got killed by his glove. Props. You know? Yeah. It's his legendary weapon. Not everybody gets murked by it. People go out in all sorts of ways. Oh, yeah. Waterbeds dragged along the walls, throwing their head in the TVs. He got the glove. Just the glove. He ain't make it. That's quite an honor to be taken away by the glove. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in more things about this movie. I feel like we've learned a lot already, but I feel like there's some couple things that a lot of people do not know that we might know about. All right. Welcome to the What Do You Know Here. This is a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie. Now, if you know what we know, you already know what we know. If you don't know what we know, you're about to find out what we know. And we're all going to have a weenogasm. It's going to make your knees weak, arms heavy. Hopefully you got ramen already. We don't eat spaghetti here. So I'm going to sit here and tell you something that I may or may not know about this movie. So check this out, right? You want to know some facts? I got a fact for you. Yeah. For you. <laughs> so. Get it together. So. In the scene where Joey, he's in dreamland. He walks away. He's following the nurse. He's trying to get some ass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now. Very nice boobies. Yes. She had. Very nice boobies. Very nice ass. What a body. Uh, Go ass to mouth with her for sure. Yeah. So. Could have been a bigger butt. But it was the 80s. They didn't exist That was a then. pretty decent-sized butt for the 80s, pal. For the 80s, that was an immaculate. That That's was an A++. Saying. Plus, plus. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Not you're right. T- it's not by today's standards here. Yeah, no. Okay, but anyways. So, they were originally going to have the girl <laughs> turn into Freddy naked. Like, when she was naked and she was spitting the stuff looking, you know, mm-hmm. they were originally going to put Freddy's head, Freddy's head, on the body, and Freddy would have titties. That's not right. And they decided that it's, it, that's not going to work. It just <laughs> it's didn't gonna, look right. It's going to look too fucking weird. So you almost had Freddy with boobies, but nobody wanted to see Freddy with boobies. So we just made it, you know, how it was. And for that, I think we are all thankful. I think so, too. Because if you see Freddy with boobies, I mean, I mean you, yeah, there's no gonna, going back. That's not going to be my proudest fap. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck did you say? That's not going to be my proudest fap. You know. Fap? That's what they call it online, you know, for masturbating. They call it fapping or yeah. just fap? You know, fapping or fat. Like, I think it's because the noise it makes. You know those little rage comics <laughs> they used to have? It's because the noise it makes. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those words that's like, is the noise. I can't even make it. No, no. You ever, you ever make your nutsack clap after you get out of the shower? Uh, like, like this, like one hand clapping, but you can make your nutsack clap. Sure, do the thigh to thigh. It's more powerful than you think. You know, it gives you a lot of. <laughs> I've good. never tried the thigh to thigh. I always go front to back with the hump style. Oh well, yeah, I try the thigh to thigh. It gives you confidence. You know, before you, you know, you get ready for your day. <laughs> a couple, <laughs> you know, a good two to three. <laughs> make sure it's working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
focus here. Tell me something. Who's what? the man? You're the man. <laughs> Listen, tell me something that I may not know here. I'm all, f I'm getting fucking hot in this damn blanket, so hurry up here. You know, a kill I don't think's been mentioned yet thus far in the show was when Taryn, she used to be on the drugs real bad, and then Freddy shot her up with a bunch of syringes, got her high, and ended die, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, they had a little fight scene going on, because in her dream, she was like this little badass, you know, punk rock girl. She had switchblade knives and a mohawk. I mean, it was some, you know, some kind of crazy stuff. Why wouldn't you want to get a gun? Right, you would think, you know, you hey. Fucking dumbass. Right, you would Anyways. Think. So she gets in a little fight with Freddy, you know, and then first off, I think she only has two knives, and Freddy's got four in one hand. I mean, you just, you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah that's not fair. That ain't going to work. So... Throughout this exchange, the actress who played Taryn, she accidentally really stabbed Robert England. Now, I think it was just a prop knife, you know, it was retractable, but still, like, you know, you're coming, like, I, I don't think it retracted correctly, or retracted slowly, or I, I don't know the full details of it, but he really got hit with the fucking knife, you know? I think it was like a blunt force thing, it didn't, you know? Well, did it leave a bruise, or did it penetrate the body? That I don't know. We're going to have to ask Robert. But from what I think, I think it penetrated a little bit. Probably. She penetrated him. It probably... <laughs> On screen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, that, I, that's if, always my fear, those retractable knives. You know what I mean? What do you do? Because, you, you know, it's a retractable knife, so you want to make it look real. That's why the whole point of a retractable knife is. But what happens when it don't retract? And now you know. Wow. Those are some great facts here. Do you know anything else about this movie that we may or may not know that's in the top of your head? I think that's the good facts. Okay. Those are my favorite. Okay. We learned a lot of things. Hey. We learned Freddy never supposed to have boobies. We learned how to side-to-side -side clap a nutsack. Yeah. And then we got somebody actually getting stabbed by a retractable knife that wasn't a retractable knife, but it was a retractable knife, but it didn't act like a retractable knife, so we got stabbed. Malfunction. That's a summary for your ass. That's some facts. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Now you know. Now you've seen the movie a little different. Know. Yeah, right. Okay, let's get back to the show now. Mark, you're from a generation. Because I, you know, they were just talking about bubble TVs and. You know, you were the shit when you had a little TV in your room. And most of the times as kids, like, your parents didn't hook the cable up in your room. Maybe they would. But, like, most times you just had the bunny ears so you can get the local channels. But it was gaming systems or whatever, you know, and you'd watch movies or VCR. Do you remember any of your go-to movies when you were younger? It could be outside of horror or whatever. Because I, I, the reason I'm stating that is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, for me, I could not give you a number of how many times I watched it just because I've owned this at every juncture of my life on VHS, on DVD, on Blu-ray. I've streamed it before. <laughs> you know, it's like I've just had it in every facet. Do you remember any movies like that that Ozark always had? Um, I'd never – I personally never really owned many movies. Um unfortunately but uh i always had like uh i've always had the first mortal Kombat. i had that movie a lot um dun, 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 dun. yeah so that movie was always dope to me but i my grandma i tell you what um back at her old house she just had a bookshelf full 
of VHSs. And she had like three movies that she recorded. She would just sit there and she would just record these movies. You could fit like three movies on TV. It's cool because you could stop it in the commercials. Oh, or she all would that. do that? Yeah, yeah. Hey, that was a clutch dude or a clutch lady. You know, oh my whoever God. was recording, that's yeah, clutch. I had Dustin Checks In on there. Uh, all the Ninja Turtles on there. I had all kinds of cool movies that I would watch all the time. Um, you know, Pee Wee <laughs> Big Adventure was a big one when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nothing. It wasn't really horror movies, unfortunately. So I can't really get in your realm of there. Would your were your Would your parents have been dicks about it if you like wanted to watch something scary? No. Because your I've talked with your mother about the Lost Boys many times. We've discussed this, so it seems like she'd be cool with the topic, you know. Yeah, but I was, I was always freaked out when I was a kid about ghosts and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I for real had multiple ghost experiences in my house, and it would just fuck me up. Your house was haunted, dude. I remember that. I remember you telling me that it was a freaky place. Dude, there was multiple places, and she had my mom had confirmation when she went to an antique mall one time. She literally had confirmation from a random person of who I saw as a kid. So that kind of fucked me up. So I started, I stayed away from horror movies when I was a child <laughs> just because to not make it any fucking worse. But, you know, Caddyshack, another one, all kinds of classic movies. Yeah, those were great, dude. Elm Street, like, I, I had, I don't know, because there was a few different editions of this, but some of my earliest memories, because I've had this on box set many different ways, but the one is, like, Freddy, it's a V8... VHS thing and he's got his arms all stretched out and it's like all seven movies and it's pretty cool that one's I, that was the first one I remember having there was this really funny meme I saw because like I said the movies you fit seven into this case and all of the movies make an image of Freddy with his arms stretched out so each movie has it all well I saw a meme where somebody took that and they had like all the arms, but where it was the part where it was the body, they replaced it with the wrestling tape, and it was Goldberg. So it was like Freddy's arms, but it had Goldberg like <laughs> freaking out. It's I would have so... put I would have put Gold Dust. <laughs> Dude, he was so weird. I everybody hated like everybody I loved Gold Dust. Everybody like so hated him in like wrestling though. Like the all, he didn't have many wrestler friends. Like everybody just tried to beat the shit out of Gold Dust. Like they're like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> he was just the dumbest character ever. But he was so hilarious. Once he came out of his shell with Booker T, that's when it was really fun. Oh yeah, him and Booker T together is dynamic duo over there. Um, but anyways, any any who Christian Ramey, I know you've seen this movie over a thousand times, but I know you have a favorite part of the movie. What is it? Mm. Number two would definitely be Will getting stabbed and the wheelchair commentary for sure. I just, for some reason, I really, I really enjoyed that. I'm going to be honest, man. I think Philip's death takes the cake, man. Seeing his body all carved up like that and that actor was really good because he wasn't overacting it too. Like he was, he was crushing it. He was crushing it. And I just like that scene because also what happens is Joey sees what's going on and Joey can't talk. So he goes and tries to alert everyone. And he goes and steals this nurse's lunch tray, knocks on everybody's door, wakes them up. But Will, he's still alive at the time. And he's paralyzed. He's asleep. He can't use his legs. And Joey just like shakes the shit out of him and wakes him and just drags him out of bed, bro. Like just 
picks him the fuck up and throws him on a chair. And for some reason, if you just watch that part, if you just watch that part without the context of the scene heightening of Philip, if you just watch him just pick this paralyzed dude up and throw him in a chair, it's like, Jesus, dude, like, easy, easy. He just, he was sleeping. Like, could you imagine, like, regardless of paralyzed or not, can you just imagine being woken up from a sleep and thrown into a chair? Like, bro, it's so intense. Like, it's just not a thing that you would be so pissed. Oh, no. Well, for the first two minutes you're awake, you have no clue what's going on. Like, Not a clue. If anybody wakes you up in, in an emergency, you it's like, and then they get mad at you because you're not alert right away, you're like, oh. it takes you at least a good 30 seconds to focus on what the hell is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need caffeine. <laughs> what about you, Ozark? Mark, what part would you say was your favorite? Ooh. Wow. This is a hard one. This is a hard one because I really liked the park that you just described, mm-hmm. honestly. But I kind of want to pick something different just to kind of keep it uh, a little bit different. Yeah, what scenes, if somebody said Nightmare on Elm Street 3, what couple scenes are going to pop in your head right away when you think of that? Probably the first dream where she, uh, where Nancy uh, enters the dream and saves her from when she's in the Elm Street house. Yeah. Uh, Kristen's in there just because of all the special effects that were going on in there. The synthesizer in the Elm Streets yeah. are fantastic. Whoever the producer was for these musics, like, we're just having a fucking ball. Oh, dude, yeah. Just- just everything, like I said, from the the, carp- the carpet going everywhere, the walls exploding, all kinds of different lights going on, the actual Freddy slug thing, and this effect, it, it, it hits you deep, because that's the first time you hear Freddy speak in the movie, he just goes, looks at Nancy and goes, you, and then you're like, oh shit, so shit's going down now. You know, initially that thing was supposed to be like pink and fleshy like Freddy, but it looked too much like a dick. So they... <laughs> yeah, it did look I imagine so. It would have looked like a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part. I'll tell you what, man, though. This movie is not scary, <laughs> but... Uh... <clears throat> <laughs> not now it did no. it got me really bad as a kid right but i'm saying i'm like now uh, in our age but that nun is super fucking creepy still oh yeah she's I don't nightmare know, fuel i don't know listen if i'm ever in a cemetery okay and a nun like that walks up on me i may punch her in the face like get away from me that mm-hmm. dude looks so much like bill maher like uh if you know, like the comedian guy, he did that documentary, Religious. He's Bill Maher, late night. You you know yeah. the guy's face. He looks so much like him, like it's it's weird. It's like his doppelganger. <laughs> Isn't it funny too? Because he goes on his computer at one point, and it's just the oldest looking computer in the world, nineteen eighty seven. I was watching this with my wife, and she's had like she's worked for the city. She watched this one. She did. She <sighs> I put it on. She had no other choice. <laughs> she just walked in she's like what's this like my homework I'm like, all right so she she had no choice but she she watched it mostly which i'm proud of her for but i was looking at the computer i was like look that's some prime time technology right there babe and she was like they actually still have those like with the, the ms dos yeah <laughs> the ms they have it and so she worked for the city for a little bit that's where some of their records are it's like how have you not transferred these into a regular computer yet like why is this still functioning like why is this there those are really still using. 
You remember when we were in, when we were in high school and like they had like all the Apple computers and they were all different colors and shit. Yeah, the bun like the bubble ones are like blue, purple, and everything. Uh huh. Yeah. The good old days, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. Wow. So that's good stuff. But uh, we got to figure out what this movie rates. Is this a horror movie that's going to get a good score? There's only one way to find out. Sloppy horror rating, baby. Yeah. Welcome to it. This is the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Yeah. I just had a very weird feeling. And you ever get like, uh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on a second. Mark's palpitating at the heart. Ooh, I don't know. what. To, shut up. Quit doing now, that. Hold on, dude. Just hold on. Pre-workout? Right. No. It's a, you ever get a cramp and it just hurts? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, that just happened to me. Anyway, this is the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Okay. We are going to rate this bitch. Not we, but he, your favorite scary movie companion, Christian Ramey. He's the horror nerd himself. He's going to tell you. He's going to give you a great score. You get a half a point in suggestions. Shut up. All right. I'm trying to finish this Mm -hmm. before the cramps come back. (laughs) So he's going to rate this horror movie on a horror movie scale, not a movie in general. Keep that in mind. We're going to do this in a series of four categories. Three of the categories worth three points. Last category is worth 1.4, a total of. Ten points altogether. That's right. So, let's get on to the first category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is casting. Well, I think this is a strong category. I do. And some people might think, you know, you guys are generous generally with the casting, but I'm going to be honest. We've picked a lot of the big movies, and, you know, movies like Terrifier and things like that, we're always fair. We try to be fair, but honestly, bring in Heather Langenkamp back. You got Lawrence Fishburne, dog. Patricia Arquette, there's a there's a lot of decent stars in here, and they all work together, man. You believed in this team of dream warriors, like they were each their own people. There's nobody that seems too corny. There's nobody that seems too corny. So that's the the fine line in the sand for me because part two, I wouldn't necessarily say that there was some kind of tongue in cheek acting and funny things like that. So the whole part three, which way you're gonna go? They went up. They got some good actors. This felt like a movie. This was a blockbuster movie. You could go and watch it. Like, yeah, those are actors. They work together. I'm giving it a three on casting. Three on casting. Here we go. Right into it. That's a three out of ten so far. Here, let's go on to the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. That is kills. So, you know what's really weird? I I didn't think of this list pre- because sometimes I try to, but I'm really on the fly right here. So, Well, you've seen it a thousand times. You really don't need to. Well, let's think about our kills here. I mean, I know that Kristen doesn't die when Freddy slits her wrist, but that's a pretty cool bloodletting scene. Obviously, <clears throat> we got a decent amount of deaths going on. We got Phillips dying. We got Will dying, right? We got Taryn dying. Uh, Nancy's dad. Yeah, he kills Nancy and her dad. Yep, he kills them both. Man, there's some iconic kills in here. That Taryn kill with the with the arms, the let's get high, that's pretty iconic. Phillip's death is pretty iconic. He won't get high. <laughs> Am I wrong for thinking three? No, I don't think so because you have a wide variety in creating. They're dream kills, dude. You got to get 
They're creative, and there's and a lot of work. And they're they're well, they're unique to the person mainly. Yeah, I guess Philip um, made puppets. Yeah, so Philip made puppets, kill him like a puppet. Uh, uh, what's her name? Taryn. One, Taryn wanted to go through a TV, or, or wanted no, to be on Jennifer, TV. Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer wanted to be a movie star. Dies by a TV. Makes sense. And plus, you just <laughs> you launched her through a bubble TV. Like that. Who you seen get killed in the TV? Not very often. They're not very gory, uh, which is great. Also, because sometimes you don't need that to have great kills. I think the variety of them is what makes it a three. And they're very iconic, about. man. Like, a lot of people know these kills. There's people who aren't, like, horror movie nuts or nerds like you. Like, you say Freddy Krueger, like, remember when he turned a guy into a puppet? They remember that. Yeah. Uh, or he put the girl through the TV. P- these are pretty iconic. So I'm going to have to give it a three. They just are so large. They're larger than life. Oh, yeah. More so than some of the other move, uh, kills throughout the other movies in the franchise. They're, they're just really new. They're each unique to the person and in a unique way. I think that's what really sets it up because it's not it's just you can have 20 stabbings. You still get a two. It don't matter. The recovering don't, drug addict, he gets her high. Yeah, like, it makes, makes it sense. It looks like it's it makes, her fault. It, yeah, so that's good. So that's six out of ten so far. Here's going to the third and final category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. This one's tough, Mark, because time. All because of time. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really, I didn't let my kid watch any of the scary parts because <clears throat> I think, for, like, Freddie would still mess kids up. Like, maybe not, like, 8, 9, 10, but pretty young. I feel like this would destroy some kids' lives. I feel like this would still get people bad. This is not... I, I, I mean, I don't know. Teenagers would get it because they know Freddy probably already, but I don't know, dude. I at least want to give it a one and a half because it's no, it's probably not going to like, because now you know Freddy and Freddy is larger than life. But if I'm just speaking on experience and like how this movie touched people's lives, there are so many people that watched this movie when they were little. And this is what like terrified them of Freddy. Any, any child, any child is going to be scared of Freddy Krueger once they know who it is or seen him. Yeah. Okay. So that's respectable to one and a half because that's like it's like think of the score three out of three it scares everybody. Okay. Yeah. Two you scare can scare teenagers and stuff, but one and a half it's like on that spectrum. Kids are definitely going to be scared of this. Teenagers not so much. That's when he starts getting into an icon and all that stuff. Because now we're start now we're fans of Freddy. You know? Right. Like we we're on Freddy's team and you're like fuck these people, Freddy. <laughs> exactly. Them. Exactly. So that is seven and a half out of ten. On to the final category here for half a point each for a total of one point is do we fuck with this movie? Christian Ramey, do you fuck with this movie? Booyah, yeah, Of absolutely. course you do. Of course you do. And I Ozark. fuck with the movie as well. Yes. So that is eight and a half out of ten for a total of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. That's a great score. Wow. What a great score. 85%. Great movie. Solid horror movie. Bam. Right there. In your ass. Okay. Okay, Mark. But we really were. That fear category kind of did spark it. I mean, that really did spark it. We got to get your, you know, parental guidance here. I need to know because now I want to know because this is maybe the hardest movie that we've had to pick. So hit the guidance music. I missed you, mister. Mr. Mr. Rosak. Tell him if they're old enough How old? to watch that scary stuff you know, for the parents who give a Okay, boys and girls, if you're unfamiliar with the segment, this is where Ozark Mark is going to give you a parental guiding. Uh, 
That doesn't mean he's going to break down every little sex scene, this, that, and the third. He's just going to give you an age where he thinks it's safe for a kid to watch just in case you got kids in your, you know, in your care because a lot of these movies people forget about. You're like, man, I remember that, but can can I let my kid watch that? That's one of those popular questions people will ask me is what what are good horror movies for kids? So, like, we do like to clarify uh, what we think is good. Mark doesn't have kids, so I think that's even better because you're not going to be <laughs> letting somebody else's kid watch something crazy. So what say you, Ozark? I would say the safest age for the general population to watch this movie would be 13. <clears throat> now, you can go a little bit younger. You can go a little bit younger. There is boobies. 13-year-olds know what boobies are. I did, yeah. Uh, I watched this There's young. There's a little... There's kids younger that know what boobies are, and it's just there's no there's no penetration or sex. Actually, it's just a naked nurse, real quick. Okay, so it's nothing too scary. There's some there's some drug use with the girl cussing, cussing obviously, but it's also Freddy Krueger, who is going to scare children no matter what. I don't care. Now your child might be a tough kid. This is all up to you. I'm just saying if you don't know this child that is in your care too well, and they are under <laughs> and they are under thirteen. Probably not recommended you go with a Freddy Krueger because when night comes and it fucked them up, you're going to have a bad time. Yep. Okay. They're sleeping with you, pal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what's and happening. nobody in. wants that shit. Okay. And you know it's your fault, so you just got to deal with it. Like, all right, we want to watch Jungle Book? All right. <laughs> like, you got to put on something like totally, we want SpongeBob. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Something that's not that. Yeah, because I mean, still, Freddie will. I think Freddie will still scare children. Because one, he kills children, obviously. Okay, so that's another thing. And he kills you in your dreams, which is always fucked. It's always fucked. He's you can't got escape that. It. He's got that Michael Myers thing too, because he's like he looks human, but he's not human. Like he's not like obviously he's burnt to a crisp. He doesn't look normal, but you want to like identify him as normal because he acts like it. You know, same with Michael Myers' face. You're like, what? What are you? <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> uh, Ah, I want to trust you, but I can't. And he honestly, it's just the the, the music too, Ozark Mark. I mean, so okay, so you gave you gave your what was that thirteen? Yeah. Okay, that's the age number. But the music though, real quick, yes. Yeah. The music, hey, badass. From, first off, from the synthesizer, dope. And last week's clue was Dokken. And Dokken, they did a music video with Freddie for the Dream War. Where the Dream Warriors. But Into the Fire, bro, when she's building that popsicle house and that song kicks in, every time it's like, Into the Fire, I'm crawling. You know, that dude, shit goes hard. Dude, oh yeah, 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Get you hyped up. Like, yeah. It does. It does, man. It's a great soundtrack. Hey, you know what's a funny part we didn't talk about? What? You remember when Kristen's mom gets killed? <laughs> and he says, she comes in and tells Kristen, like, it's time for bed or whatever. And her, like, boyfriend for the night, you hear him in the background, like, Elaine, where's the bourbon? And she's still talking to Kristen. And then he just stabs her. He said, I said, where's the fucking bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> and then he... <laughs> He holds her head to her, and she's yelling at her. Yeah. Every time I want to pick a man home, y'all, he's fucking up. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot about that kill. That kill's great. He's, like, in a suit. Yeah, he's a Freddy in a suit. <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a Looney Tunes character, man. He's he just really... always got something up his sleeve. Yeah. 
It's always good because you never know. You never know what he's going to do next. Of course, unless you've seen the movies, of course. But it's always good. It's always a fun time. Freddy Krueger movies are some of the best, top notch. I guess, Mark. You know, too. I mean, we should give him a little, uh, a little hint for next week, too, right? What was that noise you just made? I'm not real sure. Okay. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> What is that? Those are alien noises, dog. Uh, stop. <laughs> stop doing that. Because <laughs> I can hear it in my headphones. And it's fucking me up. Stop. All right. Give them a hand, Chris Jeremy. What can they expect next week here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast? I like the music that we gave last week. Music's cool, man. So we can give a little music tip, okay? How about White Zombie? And if you know, you know. If you don't, maybe if uh, you still want to know, go to the Patreon and you'll get a hint on the next episode of the Patreon. That's always an option if you're that mysteriously interested. Or you can just wait till next week. Who gives a shit? Yeah, we really do uh, uh, recommend you guys to check that out. At least hop onto the website, check it out, see if you guys are interested. Because if you've made it this far into the show... That means that you listen to all of our content, and we really do appreciate you. And regardless if you can't participate in that or not, we love you if you've made it this far. And this has been a fun fun season because now, like we said in the early episodes, we're in a good studio. We're in a better studio now than we did when we were first talking about some of these characters. And that's really why we put this together because we wanted to co- cover some of these legendary guys again and uh, a more cohesive show. And that's what we're doing here, partner. That's what we're doing. That's hey, right. That's hey, right. And that's well. It is. That is flops. Aren't we some good guys? <laughs> I hate you. I hate your face when you look in my face. Stop doing things. Stop doing things. Is there anything that you want to say before? We skedaddle on out of here. Huh? You got anything you want to add? Anything? If you could say one thing to these people, what would it be, Christian Ramey? Just uh, make sure you guys are brushing your teeth and put lotion on your skin. It really goes farther than you think. It really does. You know, I mean, you know, you could be a real-life leather face one day. Just lotion. Lotion and brush your teeth. These things will really help you guys out in life. Um, the old LBs, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lotion and brushing your teeth. They go far. I was going to get my teeth whitened, but I said, fuck that. I'll just get a tan instead. <laughs> just get some whitening strips. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg, great comedian. Anyway, I don't know what else to do here. So we're just going to see you next week when we see you. And we love you. All righty, guys. We're out. Hey, 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 hey. Keep it sloppy. Yeah, no, I'll say that crap. Huh?